Well, in this song, Lucy's kind of recounting her early teenage years, and she says that they were smoking nutmeg in the camp boyfriend's bunk bed, and she tries not to laugh at his bad poetry. Uh. That's such a dig. Welcome back to your next episode of Educate Your Earbuds. I'm Gerald. And I'm Paulina. We are jumping in today with some random randomness, Yeah, I guess you'd say. Do we want to update everyone on, on what we did last night? Yeah, so it's, I guess now we could kind of consider it as a This Week in Live music because it happened to have a lot of music, which I wasn't expecting. But what we did yesterday was we went to an event called like Will Ferrell Best Night of Your Life. And it was a charity event for cancer college students, right? No, kind of. Is cancer for Cancer college. survivors. It's a charity that pays college tuition for cancer survivors. Exactly. Sorry, I didn't say that very well. And do you want to tell everyone why this pertains to our podcast, why we're even talking about it? Yeah. So originally we had bought these tickets sometime over the summer and I remember seeing a lot of comedians, obviously. Real Farrell is a comedian. So mm -hmm. it was people like Jack Black, Hassan Minaj, John Mulaney and some other... John Stewart. John Stewart. Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot he was there. So some... Pretty big comedians, right? Yeah. And you had remembered this, but I hadn't remembered it, that it also had some musicians. So who's the first person that ended up popping up on this show? Well, the first musician? Yeah. Who was the first one that came up now that I think about it? Reppin' oh. the LBC. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Snoop Dogg. Exactly. Yeah, I was surprised that you didn't remember this because I guess we bought these tickets a while ago mm -hmm. and leading up to it, neither of us looked back at the lineup. Right. And walking in, you're like, we shouldn't double check because I don't remember anyone that was performing. I'm like, oh, like, you know, Snoop Dogg's going to be here. And you're like, <laughs> what? No, he's not. Like, you're making I didn't that up. You. And literally the first person to come out. I guess not the first person. The second, second person, second person after out. John C. Riley was Snoop Dogg, and you were jaw on the ground, surprised that he was he showed up there. And I'm like, I told you, I saw him, and so they started performing a famous number whose name I won't say, but from Step Brothers. Exactly. So that was pretty funny. Then Snoop Dogg actually did his own like gin and juice song as well, and then he left. Actually, he blew out his birthday cake. Yeah, it was his birthday the day before. Yeah. And then after that, they had like some of these comedians, not John Stewart, not John Mulaney. I guess Jack Black did do random singing, but some other comedians, for example, Maya Rudolph, who's an SNL host, some other people that I don't, I can't recall right now. But anyways, they started doing kind of like singing portions and then you there was... You what? didn't realize there was going to be music at all? Yeah, I didn't realize. So they did some singing. Keanu Reeves played the bass in one part, which yeah. like, what? Well, so those were like actual bands. They were? Yeah. So I looked it up afterwards. I didn't realize Maya Rudolph was in this, but she is in a band called Princess. It's oh. it's a Prince cover band Okay. of her and, and Gretchen Lieberum. 
Okay. Yeah. I was going to say she was a pretty good singer. I so was that's impressed. like, uh, that was like Keanu's band. That was Mark McCready's band. That was all of them coming up there and performing. It was basically uh, like Will kind of was the host of this event. It was just comedy and music. Yeah. Of all. And found out a lot more. Obviously, Jack Black's very famous for right. being in Tenacious D. And Jack Black is like also, I feel like ever since School of Rock, everyone's like, okay, Jack Black can actually do like, some music. Do music stuff. <laughs> but yeah, for those that don't know, he's in a band called Tenacious D. I think most people know that yeah. nowadays, but I didn't know about Princess or I didn't know Keanu was a bassist in a yeah. band and all this stuff. So found out a lot of these celebrities play music on the side. Right. And then on top of that, he brought out the guy from Fleetwood Mac, right? Lindsey Buckingham. Yeah. Who's for those that don't know. He was, I think we've talked about him before on the podcast, but Mm -hmm. he was the lead guitarist and one of the lead co-singers of Fleetwood Mac for a number of years. He also brought out his son who sang Will Will Ferrell's son. You know, he wasn't half bad. Like he wasn't great, but some of the parts of his song. Wow burning him no i'm not burning him but well recently i saw a tiktok on frankie jonas and they were saying how there's a reason why there's not a fourth jonas brother what? in the jonas Brothers. oh was he a bad singer i guess he was really bad so will ferrell's son magnus is that his name magnus ferrell i think that's was his, that it i think so. i already forgot anyways he was not bad he was definitely better than what i think frankie jonas is oh my gosh he was good but yeah so it was a nice surprise honestly keanu just looked like he was in a jam session Mm -hmm. having fun with it and stuff i love keanu yeah that was cool seeing him in a band i don't know why i just was not expecting that Mm -hmm. so anyways you could consider it a this week in live music but also we have a very very important upcoming this week in live music not quite this coming week but the week after and the reason why we are doing this episode so it's the boy genius special you ready to see the boys? I am ready to see the boys, but before that, we are going to give some music racks because we do have very good ones. I'm just teasing the episode, and then we'll get into the episode. All right. So I guess first up, Migraine. Have you heard it? By It's from... Uh, there's a I bunch was thinking of, songs. of Migraine, like the 21 Pilots There's song. a bunch of songs called Migraine now. No, this is a new song from Boy With Uke. Oh, I like Boy With Uke. Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of his. It just came out recently. Okay. I think it's pretty good. Okay. I like it. It's got the same sound as all his other songs. Mm-hmm. He's got a pretty unique sound. He kind of does. Next up, one of both of ours favorites. Both of us like this band. Okay. AJR. I do like AJR. Uh, have you heard Yes, I'm a Mess yet? Yeah. So their whole new album, I don't know if you know this, but their dad, the brother's dad recently passed away. Mm-hmm. And so their whole new album they wrote, I think as after or during like the process where he was like getting more sick and ended up passing away. So it's supposed to be pretty near and dear to their hearts. Yeah. So, so haven't fully picked my favorite from the album yet, mm-hmm. but as of right now, I like this one. Yeah. So I just wanted to drop it. And then, have you heard the song Desire by Calvin Harris? Is that the one that he put with Sam Smith? It is. Okay, yeah. I heard it over like the summer. Yeah, so that, that came out a couple months ago, but I heard a remix of it that I thought was pretty good. We love a good remix. So it was, it was by a DJ named Subfocus. I've never heard of him. And so I would definitely recommend it to everyone to check out. I don't know. Very yeah. eclectic picks this week. I mean, I have kind of not random ones because this guy's a little mainstream, but random for me okay so i've been on this like huge noah khan kick and it's oddly enough after seeing a tiktok of olivia rodrigo she covered the song stick season 
if you've heard of that song. But anyways, I saw that cover and then I started becoming obsessed with that song. And mm-hmm. it's a Noah Khan song. So gotcha. got me on that Noah Khan kick. And honestly, I feel like he's kind of perfect for fall. Like it makes you just want to go up to a cabin and just kind of cozy up. cozy up. So I'm on this Noah Khan kick. So other than Stick Season, some of the songs that I've been listening to a lot are All My Love and Orange Juice. And then... Off of the Noah Khan kick, this one's like more EDM-y and it's with one of my favorite indie people as well or indie bands. Who? So the song's called A-E-I-O-U and I think the DJ is pronounced now, but it's like P-N-A-U. Oh, the same guy who did the Elton John yeah with Dua Lipa yeah Mm -hmm. cold heart cold heart yeah so the same guy and it's featuring Empire of the Sun so I hope oh you really like them yeah I hope this signifies like a comeback from Empire of the Sun they've been silent for a while haven't they they have no as far as I know they haven't come out with like too much stuff recently so gotcha here's to hoping well, I guess you kind of already introduced the topic a little bit, so everyone knows what we're talking about. But to lead into this, as you all know, Paulina specifically has this, some would say, weird obsession. No, it's I'm not a weird um, obsession. With a new girl band. Are they a girl band or are they a boy band? They're Who the boys. The boys. Exactly. Yeah. Called Boy Genius, for those that don't know. I don't know. Pretty much half the internet is obsessed with them. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Or at least the half that I'm on (laughs) because they seem to be in my camp. Are you on Boy Genius TikTok? I've been on it multiple times. But we're getting ready to see them on Halloween for their show at the Hollywood Bowl. Mm -hmm. And so we're just both kind of hyped to get ready to see it and wanted to do an episode talking about them leading in as kind of a this weekend live music special, even though it's not. It's not quite this week. It's not quite this week. Yeah. But yeah, so jumping in, I kind of wanted to jump in. So who is Boy Genius? You know a lot more about them than I do. I would say after this episode, we probably know about the same amount because you did a lot of research. Yeah, but still, like you've been you've been following them a lot longer than I have. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. I mean, I knew about them when you did because you told me, but you listen to them a lot more than I do. That's, That's all I'm fair. Saying. That's fair. So Boy Genius is an indie supergroup, and it's composed of Phoebe Bridgers, Lucy Dacus, and Julian Baker. Of the three of them, who, I'm curious, did you know, if any? So when you first told me about them, I only knew about Phoebe. I don't want to say this in like an insulting way. No, I don't. I mean, I don't think it's insulting. I, I know because I know Julian especially was big in her own right, but... Of the three, it seemed like Phoebe's kind of the biggest and probably the reason they like have so many headlines about them. Like she's kind of the... She's kind of the one that like took them under her wing, you would say? No, just brought the brunt of publicity to them because of her name. Like she is the biggest name value of the three of of them. Of the three, yeah. So you wouldn't be wrong in saying that. Most people that know Boy Genius know they're all beloved solo artists, but for sure it was Bridgers that took the team to like higher levels of stardom and especially after her second album, Punisher. Yeah, because she's been blowing up the last couple of years. She has. She kind of like, again, with Punisher, she started getting a lot bigger wasn't she opening for her on the arrows tour we'll talk about that because it wasn't just her it was actually boy genius oh god okay yeah i'll let you i'll let you touch on that later then yeah but as far as like who is boy genius so if you're wondering how did they even come up with the name boy Mm -hmm. genius because it's kind of random but it's actually a reference for overconfident men who are praised for their every thought 
think of guys that try to mansplain anything and like that's what they're kind of making fun of. Yeah. And they just basically want to be treated like famous bands of dudes. And so that's why, you know, when they do they're coming out like at Coachella it's they saying the boys are back in town mm-hmm. because they want to be treated kind of like a regular rock star band gotcha okay which when you I guess dive into like boy genius and you see for example their merch recently it's very like oh tough man like monster trucks and mm-hmm. and arm sleeve like tattoo sleeves or whatever yeah and it's kind of just poking fun at the whole like overconfident macho man the toxic masculinity gotcha. machismo yeah so because they're all very feminist and part of the lgbtq community they all kind of make equality a staple of their band what do you mean by that so basically they don't want anyone to be the front woman and everyone's encouraged to suggest or veto ideas Mm -hmm. and so basically they're going to drive everything through a very democratic process gotcha okay so I kind of got that vibe from them, and that's mm-hmm. why, like, I was hesitant to say like Phoebe's the reason they're famous because right. I, I don't, I don't want to imply that. But no, I, that definitely comes off. Like the time we saw them, it definitely seemed like there was a very equal level mm-hmm. to all three of them. Right, and even when you hear like the record, which confusingly it's the name of their debut album, it's called the record. So anytime we mention it, just know we're talking about their actual first record the name of their record is the The record record. (laughs) okay yeah anyways when you listen to the songs you'll hear kind of a probably even split of like a okay this seems like a phoebe song that seems like a lucy song this seems like a julian song and who seemed to be kind of the predominant writer or the predominant person doing the actual music the chords and all that jazz you can kind of feel it in the different songs gotcha so i want to i want to circle back to what you said a second ago you said all three of them have to like come to an agreement yeah so can you explain that a little bit more yeah so they actually again i shouldn't be like talking about other podcasts but there's this podcast episode with zane Lowe where he interviewed boy genius and they Mm -hmm. talked about the consensus rule right and so all three of them have to agree to an idea whether that be like okay i want the guitar to sound like this or specific lyrics and they were talking about how sometimes they almost have to like pitch it like a salesperson and and phoebe was saying she's like yeah sometimes i resort to begging like please 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 they're like trying to sell each other on different ideas yeah so they have to have consensus but they've also i could picture that getting frustrating yeah but they've also credited this because consensus to kind of having them strive to be the best version of themselves that they can be so okay so kind of just that's a brief background of who is boy genius but i kind of wanted to talk about you know the three individual artists how they came to even form this super group in the first place gotcha yeah so i know a lot more about phoebe personally Mm -hmm. like i've listened to her music in the past we've seen her live too we have i forgot about that really yeah what how'd you forget about that i don't know i just i forgot because i was so hyped for the strokes at that point that i forgot we saw phoebe oh my gosh yeah Yeah. well so i guess some basic background on her she was born in 1994 in pasadena california so she's a she's an la native basically She's an LA girly. Exactly. Yeah. And she's kind of been, from what I was looking into, like paving her own path 
mostly for years. So when exactly did she start playing music? Do you know? Yeah. So she she started playing guitar like when she was a teenager. I think she was 13. But she was actually accepted into Berklee College of Music, which no I, know, way. I know you have a friend that goes there. Well, he went there. He already graduated. Gotcha. So she dropped out. Yeah. After, Interesting. Yeah, after she pulled a John Mayer. Is that what he did? Yeah, at Berkeley College of Music. Really? Yeah, I don't okay. believe he finished. But yeah, she decided not to attend college so she could focus on her music career. She knew it was a passion that she wanted to follow. Mm-hmm. And obviously, she's been very successful at it since. I wonder if she knew she was that good. Like when you have that kind of talent, do you think that you just know and you're just waiting for it to come out to fruition? Maybe, but I mean, there's so many people that are talented that never make it big. Yeah. So you never know if it's going to work out. Okay. So she dropped out, focused on her career. Yeah. Yeah. So she had some moderate success. She like was part of an Apple commercial with one of her old bands. So What she- was the band called? Have you ever heard of Sloppy Jane? Sloppy Jane? No, I have not. No. Oh, okay. Is it like a Sloppy Joe? Uh, basically. But that's that was one of her old bands. So she was actually in two bands before oh boy genius sloppy jane and better oblivion community center i don't don't know much about either of these bands okay but she got enough money from that to kind of go off and try to do her record on her own so Hmm. instead of getting signed to a label and then making a record she was focusing on making a record and then selling it to a label oh this what gave a her, genius businesswoman i mean uh, th- she's not the only one to do that yeah like, i know but this this really let her have more creative control and freedom and time to make something that she wanted to make and that ended up turning into her debut album stranger in the alps oh okay. so yeah I guess jump in. Obviously, Boy Genius and Phoebe and all the other artists have stereotype around them. I don't yeah. know. Is that what? They do. And it's a stereotype that they actually don't like. Did you know that? Do you know what I was going to say then? I'm thinking that you're going to say they're sad girl music. Yes. They're kind of the epitome of sad girl music. Yeah. So that's kind of the stereo. So apparently they really don't like that. I mean, yeah, it makes sense that they don't like it because they are more than that. Well, and they just don't kind of want to be put into this bucket of, oh, sad girl music. And they're also very careful with their words because they're all very well read. Mm -hmm. So I think it was Lucy that was saying she would prefer if people would even say something more like angry because that would be more emotive but yeah sad just feels kind of like no it's the know. same thing as as people talking about sad boy music as well right but i guess <laughs> i guess with that that's a good segue into some of the <laughs> comments i found on reddit that i thought were pretty funny oh you went on the reddit rabbit hole yeah i missed that this time so i'm so, glad you went there so kind of go along with it i'm sure i'm sure the boys would not be too content content with these comments but uh, they're kind of funny and so i wanted to speak on them okay the first one again talking about like what type of music they are Mm -hmm. so first comment i usually just say indie rock because i'm too embarrassed to admit that i a 17 year old straight boy listen to sad lesbian music (laughs) so oh my gosh that was the first one to describe phoebe's music i don't think that's very pc but again not not that there's anything wrong with yeah <laughs> sad lesbian music for to use the author's own words oh that's funny um next comment take solace in the fact that my 28 year old cis hetero male boyfriend is a bigger phoebe fan than i am 
and openly describes his music taste as anything a lesbian at community community college would listen to. Oh my gosh. There's a trend here. So I I won't get into, into all of them, but... I mean, they are part of the LGBTQ community. Yeah. Basically, I mean, so Phoebe's an, an indie rock, you know, artist. Yeah. Some actual real ways I would describe her music and how I've seen it described. Calming. Mm-hmm. But actually, I've seen it described as calming and anxious at the same time. And I think it's that's, very, but I think that's her personality reflecting. Yeah, exactly. It's like the, the lyrics yep. of it coming yeah. out. So reflective, comforting, melancholy. And this last word, I'm going to give you a different artist's name. and I'm going to see if you can guess the word. Okay. Lana Del Rey. Haunting. Yes. But How'd you know? Because yeah. that's like what her voice is like. But, yeah. but I wouldn't, Lyri- or Phoebe's voice isn't necessarily haunting. No, no, it's but not. But her lyrics are. It, well, yeah. because Her so, lyrics are dark. So she talks about like death and trauma. Mm-hmm depression and stuff throughout like that those are kind of the things that come out in her song so that's what i mean by the haunting not in the same way as lana's voice is haunting yeah but i knew you would get the reference if i said that got it got it so yeah she's done a bunch of eps i'm not gonna bother listing all of them okay Uh, but she's had two full-length albums her debut stranger in the alps Mm -hmm. and her second most recent album which is where she's gotten you know she's blown up since this Mm -hmm. album came out punisher right and punisher i do think is what kind of like hyper jumped her into what her stardom is now yeah so she got four grammy nominations from this dang i didn't realize it was four and this is where she started after this she started collaborations with taylor swift Mm -hmm. paul mccartney lord a bunch of other people casually taylor swift and paul mccartney yeah just some of the biggest artists of all time yeah and I guess some of the songs I just wanted to highlight that I enjoy from from her catalog, Kyoto. I love Kyoto. That's Fu- her best song. Funeral. Okay, I like that one. And Scott Street. Good, good picks, Gerald. Yeah. We do like Phoebe Bridgers. Yeah, so I'm a Phoebe fan. Yeah, for sure. Moving, I guess, onwards to Lucy. So I'm not going to lie. I feel the least connected to Lucy for some odd reason. Mm-hmm. Which is weird because I think the Lucy songs, or at least what I think are the Lucy songs in the album, are some of my favorites. You like those the best? Sometimes, yeah, but I don't. I don't know. I don't really connect with her as much. Is it just because you know the least about her? Like you probably you you've listened to Phoebe and Julian's music probably more. a little bit more through yeah. the years. So Lucy was born in May second, nineteen ninety five. I think most of them are. They're all around that age. Yeah. 95 skids. Mm. And she's originally from Richmond, Virginia, and was actually adopted as a child. Oh, I did not know that. Mm -hmm. She describes herself as queer, but she says the terms bisexual or pansexual come closest to defining her sexuality, but she's kind of weird about talking about it. Okay. Although she's very... Like she's a very vocal activist. She doesn't like to talk about her Her own. personal. Gotcha. Exactly. Okay. She actually began studying film when she was at VCU. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. But the reasons why she left school are probably different than Phoebe's. So she left to avoid student debt and the feeling of being misunderstood in her university program. Hmm. Interesting. So 
I don't know why I feel like Lucy feels kind of like a quirky, like would needed to have gone to a small college, something that was really personalized and not this kind of massive, massive state school. Gotcha. That's my guess. I don't know if that is accurate or not, but Mm -hmm. moving on to like her musical career. So just one interesting tidbit to note, but as of this month, October 2023, Rolling Stone named Lucy as the 213th greatest guitarist of all time, which I'm not going to lie. Oddly specific. Well, yeah, but I also did not think of her as like one of the good guitarists in the band. I always thought it was Julian. Uh, That might be because like Julian kind of gives more rocker vibes. Mm -hmm. I feel like, I mean, she's got all the tattoos and everything to kind of go along with it. So I'm, I'm also surprised she's on that list yeah i guess not not as like a as a dig at her i don't, I don't no, mean no, it that way not as a dig at her but i just kind of always thought okay lucy's the songwriter mm-hmm. that's like the aura that she gives off as like she has these very deep introspective thoughts or just like very interesting thoughts about the world and you know how stuff is interconnecting with each other and yeah so i guess i just never pictured her to be like one of the more musical ones gotcha but anyways as i was kind of alluding to some of her songs and like the lyrics in her music have really touched fans in kind of a very deeper level and so i just kind of wanted to talk about two of them that i thought were very interesting so Which she, ones? she has this song called thumbs i don't know if you've heard of it or not i don't think i've heard that one actually so And this is kind of intense, so maybe like trigger warning, but this is a confessional song about the violent impulse felt towards a close friend's abusive father. Mm -hmm. So like basically she was kind of under the camp of like, I don't owe anything to someone's abuser, like kind of wanting to like act on that impulse and do some damage to them essentially. And... She says that I've probably received more messages about that song than anything else I've written. Mm-hmm. And so it just that's one of the lyrics that like people really resonate with. And it's pretty strong message. Gotcha. Huh. I and, don't. Yeah, no, I'll definitely take a listen to that one. Yeah. And then another one of the songs that is kind of interesting and touches her fans in a different way because of the songwriting so she sings about the confusion of a religious feeling on the song vbs which for anyone that grew up christian they would know that vacation, that's vacation bible school exactly and so in this song lucy's kind of recounting her early teenage years and she says that they were smoking nutmeg in the camp boyfriend's bunk bed and she tries not to laugh at his bad poetry uh. that's such a dig she kind of was talking about how he was her first boyfriend and who he was a stoner that loved slayer and they dance in a field with all these people listening to christian rock and she was thinking like this is literally god that's making her feel so good and in reality it might have just been like endorphins and hormones so kind of just laughs at like a time where that was what her life yeah and kind of like it took such big meaning to her and not to like dig at people that are religious but she's just saying like you know she's not that way and like she sees life differently well just some of that story is funny because i remember having some friends who were girls like back in high school and stuff and it's like someone you had friends that were girls oh my gosh oh my gosh i'm kidding (laughs) um but like i remember one of them like had a boyfriend for it was like a few weeks or whatever it was and like he wrote like 
poetry like a random love letter oh poetry gosh. thing and it was you probably thought he was the coolest thing, thing. yeah cringe. i guess not that i uh, condone making fun of you know bad poetry bad poetry but slam poetry uh, but it was it was kind of cringe so oh my that, that story's funny uh, okay so just going through quickly her discography so lucy's first ep was called girls back home and it was released in 2012 Originally, it was available digitally for a time, but then Lucy took it down shortly before her debut album was released. And in a Reddit Ask Me Anything, she basically said she took it down because she didn't want this EP to be somebody's first impression of her. Really? She just didn't like it that much? Or? I guess. Oh. I think she seems like a person that would be overly critical of Just very work. hard on herself? Yeah. Then her debut album was called No Burden in 2016, and it actually led to her deal with Matador Records. And in that same year, she also performed at Lollapalooza, made her national TV debut on CBS This Morning. She recorded a Tiny Desk concert for NPR. I love Tiny Desk concerts. I know you do. We both do. And then she played London Calling Festival in Amsterdam. So kind of a big year after her debut album. Gotcha. Her second album was called Historian and it was released in 2018. And Rolling Stone rated the album four out of five stars. So gotta have been pretty good album. Mm -hmm. And then her most recent album called Home Video was released in 2021. What's that? What's that called? Home video. Oh, okay. I haven't particularly listened to a lot of Lucy's solo music. Again, I think just because like knew the least about her and didn't necessarily relate, but I might check out more of her music. That's probably why you feel less connected to her because you've listened to her less. solo music the least amount of the three of them. Right. But I guess you know a little bit more about Julian than I do. Mm-hmm. So you want to jump into some fast facts about her? Yeah. So some fast facts about Julian. Again, she was also born in 1995, but in September. She grew up gay in an evangelical household in Memphis. And so a lot of her music kind of ties around the fact of like being Feeling gay in a Christian household environment yeah and she actually previously referred to herself as a christian socialist but she's kind of spoken out on how being constantly labeled as the sober queer christian because she's also sober she basically talked about how it was damaging to her career being labeled like that Hmm. and people misunderstanding like her identity and so all of that kind of led her to question and reevaluate her foundational aspects of life so like religion and stuff like that like what she what she believes in gotcha so as of now she's like no longer interested in labeling her beliefs so rigidly she's kind of trying to adopt something that's more all-encompassing and she's calling the realization freeing yeah i mean i you know i'm not a huge fan of like labels Mm -hmm. and stuff right so i did talk about how people labeled her as the sober queer queen so we talked about the queer and sober queer Christian. Sorry. Uh, so we talked about the queer and the Christian, but we haven't really talked about the sober part. Okay. So she actually struggled with an opioid overdose. No, not overdose, but opioid addiction dependency as a young teen. Oh, really? Was mm-hmm. she on like some medication or something? I'm not exactly sure how it started, but she did find support in the community after she went to like some house shows in Memphis and she actually became inspired by this like straight edge punk subculture, which I had never heard about. Not Neither have I. I'm not familiar with that. I think it's just people kind of like when they come to the realization of like, oh, I'm having this crazy addiction or whatever, they completely flip it and they go super like straight edge. Like don't. Gotcha. Don't touch anything. Yeah. I see. 
So again, I'd never heard about it, but she like also has some thoughts on how that narrative switching kind of affected her. So I'm not going to go into that, but if you're interested, we'll link some of those articles in the description. Has she been in any bands aside from Boy Genius? Yeah. Yeah. So obviously other than her solo stuff, she actually co-founded her alt rock band called Forrester. Mm -hmm. She did this while she was in high school. I don't think they released anything though. Gotcha. And then she eventually left school to tour full time. And this was in college after the release of Sprained Ankle. But then she returned to campus in 2019 to complete her degree in literature. Okay. So she basically pulled a Phoebe mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. But she actually went back and like finished school. Finished it after the fact. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Going into her solo career and her discography, like I said, her first debut album was called Sprained Ankle. Sprained Ankle, not Sprained Ankle. (laughs) And it was released in 2015. And this project is kind of like folky, very stripped back and emotional and raw. Kind of similar to like Phoebe's sound a little bit. It's a little bit more folky, like almost country. Okay. Because you got to remember, she grew up in Memphis. So Mm -hmm. she's pretty, she has that kind of Southern background that Lucy has as well. Gotcha. And like I said, she released this when she was a student at Middle Tennessee State University. And it led to features in The New Yorker and The New York Times, calling it heartbreaking, hypnotic, and striking. Mm, And in May of 2016, she gave her first NPR Tiny Desk performance. So we should go and check out some of their like solo performances. Yeah, I haven't seen her Tiny Desk as much as I love Tiny Desk. Yeah. And she actually performed at South by Southwest. So I think that's kind of what started it. Everyone knows South by is like a big discovery fest always love a good south by performer even though i've never been yeah so her sophomore album was called turn out the lights and it was released in 2017 and again it's like known for its intimacy and like really good songwriting so i'm not saying that julian's not also a songwriter because she just as much as like lucy and phoebe is for sure and then her latest album, it's called Little Oblivions. It was released in 2021, and it actually became her first top 40 album on the Billboard 200 chart. Oh. So as of this point, Boy Genius had already had their first album out. And so I think that probably made her third album probably get bigger than, you know. Oh, like she was able to capitalize on that gotcha i see that's my guess because i think similarly it happened to lucy as well well i guess i think technically phoebe's last album was released after boy geniuses first punisher was i believe so yeah wasn't it released in 2020 Oh, I think you're right. And Boy Genius's first EP was released in 2018. Exactly. So I think all three of them are amazing solo, mm-hmm. but we do love a good super group. Do you think the sum of the parts is, or the sum of the parts is the great, whole or the whole is, is better greater. than the sum of the individual parts? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I guess with that, do we want to use that to jump into a little bit more details about Boy Genius together? As about the boys. About the boys. Because the boys are back in town. Ah, Sorry. No, you're good. You're good. So I guess, do you know kind of how they got together and formed? I know a little bit and mainly because of my 
as you say, obsession with the boys. I actually have been curious to like look into this. So the first ones that met were Lucy and Julian. So they met in 2016 when they played a show together Mm -hmm. in D.C. And they quickly bonded over the fact that they both had like the Southern Christian backgrounds. Gotcha. And so... You know, I'm sure both being like queer women getting into music and then also finding out that you were both like Southern religious, the same, you know, probably is like a little bit of a bonding moment. Mm -hmm. And so not long after they were sending like long messages back and forth. They were trading book recommendations. So they became like best friends. Well, and they later developed crushes on each other because like I said, these women are all part of the LGBTQ community. Mm They didn't admit it until later, and I don't believe anything happened after that. Okay. Yeah. So Lucy and Julian meet in 2016. Then a month later, Julian and Phoebe meet. And apparently later on, when the three of them found out they'd be touring together on like a triple bill in 2018. Is this where you're going to talk about them first recording together? Yeah. Yeah. I thought this story was pretty cool. Yeah. So I guess, do you want to tell it? Yeah. Can I go into it? Yeah, go ahead. Basically, they were all going to be performing together. And so kind of as a way to like, not a publicity stunt, but like a way to to like publicize the the tour they wanted to record a song together and what was the song that they recorded do you know they they actually didn't end up just recording one song okay they decided to record six (laughs) they recorded six they basically so that that's what ended up becoming their ep the boy genius ep and they released like that ep yeah they released that ep and then they kind of went on hiatus for right. a couple of years. They went away, went quiet, went dark, whatever you want to call it. Wait, can I just say this really quickly? Yeah. So right after they met or whatever, and they recorded all six songs, like you said, that was the first EP. Mm-hmm. They apparently said, or Phoebe said that it wasn't like falling in love. It was falling in love, which I think is so cute. They uh, just like love their friendship so much. They are BFFs. Exactly best fiends forever oh my gosh so what happened though because they released this ep in 2018 they had all this momentum and then radio silence right well yeah because i mean they all still have their solo careers Mm -hmm. and i'm i mean maybe at the time they wanted to do a super group but also considering it was originally only supposed to be one song you know they may still not have had the idea to be like let's Mm. do a band together right but obviously they had a lot of success for their first one Mm -hmm. and people were calling for it And now they're officially together. So when did they like officially form or reform? Well, so basically back in 2022. Okay. They started recording and living together Mm -hmm. and trying to make a new album together. So I'm pretty sure. So when they were living together and recording, do you know who Rick Rubin is? I've heard the name. Where where do I where do I know that from? He's like a super big music producer. He like produced for the Strokes and the Chili Peppers, gotcha. the Beastie Boys. Okay. So many big people. They actually were recording at Shangri La, which is this Malibu studio. Oh, huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't think I knew that. Which I just thought was cool because I think that place is cool. But yeah, so as far as the reunion goes, it kind of started with Phoebe sending 
the like just demos to Julian and to Lucy. Mm-hmm. And then Julian was like, oh, I'm going to create a folder and just put some of the demos that I have. And she would title them like Boy Genius 1, Boy Genius 2, Boy Genius 3. Mm-hmm. And then Phoebe was like, you have to start titling these songs. And yeah. like, Julian just got annoyed and like laughed. And then Lucy would say that Julian would write like a song and put it in the drive and just not announce it to anyone. And there would be like a, be whole... a new song in there. Exactly. Their process seems weird but funny at the same time like it kind of works but apparently julian brought most of the songs from the record initially as the demos gotcha which i think is really cool so phoebe actually kind of i saw a thing where it was saying she thinks like after she released punisher she Mm kind of started subliminally writing some of these boy genius songs as well i guess it was probably on all their minds like hey let's be together they're they definitely like share a weird like on the same wavelength type thing if that makes sense oh for sure i remember seeing something that phoebe texted them and asked like can we be banded (laughs) which i just think is a funny way to say it yeah i guess with that so we know like they have a huge backlog Mm -hmm. individually but you know all of them and then but as a group they have a somewhat smaller backlog only the one record right full-length record at least so how do you think they got so big from from like is it the name brand of them individually and then forming together so i think it's kind of like three things so Mm -hmm. The first one is I think they're all amazing songwriters. Okay. So and the way that I found it in a Rolling Stone article kind of said it perfectly. So I'll just say what they said. Mm -hmm. Together, they're one of a kind band powered by friendship, sick books and sicker songs. Uh, Honestly, like the three of them are super well read. They have like a book club and honestly, they spend a lot of their time talking about books. So I personally feel like people that are really well read have very good vocabulary and probably the potential to write better music. Yeah, I mean, that just makes sense instinctually. Logic, Uh. logic my way out of that. But honestly, like people have established them as three of the most acclaimed singer songwriters of the generation. Mm -hmm. So, So that's kind of one thing that definitely helps with the hype in my opinion is like people are just genuinely drawn to their lyrics yeah another is i really do think that they push each other to be the best version of themselves and they play on each other's strengths so Mm -hmm. like we've said before they're all equal and while there is no leader each member is often seen as having a strong suit and lucy kind of says that they're sort of like phoebe is the artist julian is a musician and lucy's the songwriter and together that's why they're able to form a super group Mm. to kind of play on those each other's strengths abilities exactly and one thing that i think also helps is that you know like i said they want them to be the best version of themselves and they actually talk about when conflict happens they go to couples therapy wait really or thruples therapy if you want to call it that yeah that's hilarious yeah which i mean it's not dumb i do think band members are probably closer sometimes to each other than they are to like their spouses yeah i could picture it not that i've ever been in a band but i mean do you so, want to be banded? Oh my gosh. <laughs> but I guess it's it's just like any really like it's a working relationship. So right. If you're in an office environment and you have an issue with a coworker, like HR could come in and mediate and stuff. So it's no different right. than a band is a working environment. You exactly. need to make sure things run smoothly. And then I think the last thing that I think contributed is honestly, they've had a massive year. They have had a massive 2023. Mm-hmm. And I think that like 
really launched them into their current level of stardom. Yeah. So this year they did score a bunch of number one rankings. So let's just start with the record. Their debut album debuted at number four on the Billboard Top 200. And mm-hmm. apparently they had told them that they'd be lucky if they crocked top 10. Right. Really? Yeah. And I think this is probably the album of the year, in my opinion. Non-biased, obviously. Unbiased opinion. <laughs> You're hearing it from You Paulina heard it here first. first. Yeah. Unbiased, but number one in my heart. So they also debuted number one on the Billboard vinyl albums chart. Okay. And then they had their first number one song on the Billboard chart with Not Strong Enough. And it also was at the top of the adult alternative play. So, you know, they had a lot of hits this year. Yeah, a lot of success for their first album. Right. I mean, again, they had momentum from their individual careers and the name value. Right. So from all of them. You were saying, like, is the sum of the parts better than the individual or whatever? And just using these statistics. So as soloist, Phoebe had the highest rank on the Billboard chart, right? Mm -hmm. So her song Sidelines hit number twelve on the top 200 then lucy had a number 13 and then julian had a number 14 so together they were at number one separately they were 13 14 and 12 and 12 yeah so i think other things that may have contributed to their main 2023 might have been their debut at a certain desert festival yeah where we saw them coachella that was right before their album release correct no, it was right after. Oh, right after. Sorry, I'm getting my timelines mixed up. But no, I remember seeing an article. I think it was a little bit after Coachella. Julian was like, never played a festival when the sun was down before. No, right? that's funny. Like, I mean, I know that's that's kind of the... What does that mean for people that aren't festival goers? So essentially headliners of festivals play in the evenings Mm -hmm. generally so if you're playing after the sun goes down that means you've you're probably pretty big you've acquired a bigger font size on the lineup poster that's the other (laughs) joke yeah the bigger the font size on the poster the bigger artist you are oh my gosh Um, obviously there's exceptions to this like there's smaller stages that are still going on at night too Uh, yeah for sure but essentially the joke is oh my gosh i'm i've made it big i'm playing at night or my font size is i've sized up a little it's a bit. size 14 instead of a size 7.5 yeah exactly i'm on the i'm on the row that only fits three names oh instead my of gosh 20 that's funny but yeah, so that was that was funny. And I definitely think like their Coachella performance, not even Coachella, just any festival, like mm-hmm. going into it, if you're attending it, I like listening to some of the bands that I haven't heard of before just yeah. to see if I like their music. Yeah. And so playing a big festival can get a lot of new people into your music, even if they haven't heard of you before. For sure. So you, you corrected me earlier, but because I, I got confused and thought it was just Phoebe, but they also were one of the openers on a leg of the Eras tour. Right. Which, I mean, if that's not going to help you out, then I don't know what would. That, yeah. Opening for Taylor, that's got to be, especially in this day and age. Mm-hmm. And not only that, on arguably her biggest tour ever the oh, her biggest tour. tour the world's probably biggest tour ever well uh, that could probably still be debated okay I'm one sure. of them i'm sure definitely one of them that's gonna bring especially because like taylor's music is different than boy genius's music mm-hmm. so that would probably bring a lot of people who hadn't heard of them before to them as well agreed 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 one thing, and I, I don't mean this in a way to diss them, just kind of an observation okay. I made in like doing the research for this episode is I think 
Boy Genius has really good PR. What do you mean by that? So some of the articles I was reading just describe them in a way that I'm like, wow, again. People are obsessed with them. People are obsessed with them. (laughs) And again, for a band that only has one record. Yeah. People really are obsessed with them, though. So let me just read the title of of this article. How indie supergroup Boy Genius became the voice for a new generation of music fans. (laughs) How Boy Genius became the world's most exciting supergroup. I mean, they are though. I, so I like poking fun at you. And I, again, I don't mean any disrespect to Boy Genius because I do like their music. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's just fun messing with you about this. But honestly, these are, these are the type of headlines I remember seeing like when Billy was getting big. Yeah. And Billie Eilish, obviously. I mean, yeah, Billie Eilish. Billie has huge commercial success, way more Mm -hmm. than Boy Genius. Not not a dig at them. Gerald's just trying to dig. No, no, it's just an observation. Like, honestly, if you dig yourself into a deeper hole, you'll be sleeping in the couch. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. All the all the Boy Genius fans are coming for me. I like Boy Genius. I want to I want to preface that. But like, yeah, I just was thinking like I could replace Supergroup or boy genius with like billy's name and this article would make a lot of sense so so i it's just funny like how much pr they were getting Mm -hmm. and it to me it just seemed like you know all the articles about them have definitely helped like spurt their growth too i mean yeah it's like with anything that has good pr like think about barbenheimer and how much bigger that became because of all the pr around it so obviously obviously it's not like those articles lead to the success their their success led to those articles Mm -hmm. i get it i'm not saying like random pr led to them but it was just like a funny observation i wanted to bring up well so then given that you're not one of are like obsessive boy genius fans do you are you not curious as to like what is making people so obsessed with them i am i i am i mean i know i've listened to their music and i enjoy it and Mm -hmm. i I get some of the aspects other people can relate to their music a lot more than i can just because of personal experiences that they talk about Mm -hmm. Uh, they have very deep and personal songwriting Mm -hmm. and lyrics i think that's a big thing it helps a lot of their audiences connect with them Right. I think, uh, my personal opinion. So I think that would be one of the big reasons why people like them so much is, again, they're just relatable. What they talk about is relatable, especially to groups of people that, for example, like LGBTQ Feel marginalized people. on exactly. a daily basis. Exactly. And, you know, another reason why I think that they're so big is because what they're talking about, they're also advocating for. Mm -hmm. All of them are like very well known for their activism. So, you know, they support pro-choice. Like after Texas, they had their new abortion law go into effect in 2021. Lucy announced on Twitter that all of the money that she makes at her Texas shows was going to go towards abortion funds. And like she told her fans to bring extra money for the donation to those funds. Yeah, kind of using a bad opportunity to make the most of something she could try to help with. Exactly. They also obviously really support the LGBTQ plus community. So for example, when we saw them at Coachella, the band spoke in support of the trans rights, Mm -hmm. especially after the bills that happened in Florida and Missouri. Coachella was when they said, F Ron DeSantis. Oh, that's right. Yeah. But they dressed up in drag actually in their Nashville show this summer. And this was in protest of the recent influx of anti-LGBTQ bills passed again in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. So Phoebe Lucy and Julian dressed in drag inspired looks and they also led to the crowd in like a F Bill Lee chant and 
that's like the governor that signed all of these. I was going to say, I don't know who that is, but sure. Yeah. And then they also call out right-wing lawmakers for, quote-unquote, trying to kill the LGBTQ community with legislation. And so in a recent interview with them, the group spoke about the rising tide of the anti-LGBTQ legislation and how it's been affecting their day-to-day lives. Mm -hmm. And in discussing the future of the LGBTQ community, Lucy says that she wanted to see queer people get to a place of mundanity like everything else. I want every gay and trans person to have the opportunity to be inarticulate, stupid, and unexceptional she said i want to see Mm. more cool art by trans people and non-white people and also poor people gotcha so i really do think that their activism is something that on top of like the amazing music that they make that their fans are drawn to Mm -hmm. so this is you know been kind of a big deep dive on boy genius so we hope we didn't lose any of you guys do you have any final comments like has this made you like them more or want to listen to them more it does and as much as I enjoy like poking fun at you for mm-hmm. being so obsessed with Boy Genius, I do like their music. I also, I've noticed, especially online, it's very easy to kind of like hate on them. I know a lot of people have been Why is ha- hating that? on them. I think it, part of it's because they're kind of like indie based. Okay. A lot of people have been hating on them since they got big. Because they're not indie anymore. Yeah, it's like, oh, they went mainstream. I don't know. In indie heads, not just indie heads, but like music lovers in general love gatekeeping. Oh, yeah. And so, which uh, I hate that. The uh, whole point of music is to spread it. Especially with like indie heads. I think a lot of them are kind of like tired yeah. about hearing about them. I could see it. But no, they are good. And I, I, the other reason I think a lot of people hate on them is because they're fans. Their fans are probably as weird as like there's a lot Swifties. of, I mean, there's a lot of people that think their fans are terrible. Yeah, um, I have seen a lot about that. A lot of people at concerts think, and I think that's because they, they have a younger crowd with mm-hmm. them. So I think that's any band that attracts younger new, peeps. Kind of what we've talked about in our in our concert etiquette people. Some mm-hmm. some younger concert goers don't know the basic concert etiquette. So right. some people are complaining, I think, especially about like some of Phoebe's shows and Boy Genius shows. like The people feigning. People feigning and being yeah. like, water and stuff and it's like, it's like well don't be an idiot take, drink some water take care of yourself if, yeah if you're if you're thinking you gotta wait in line all day for tickets you yeah know, prep for that yeah and the, the scream singing and stuff yeah yeah i think those are some reasons people are hating on them but i i definitely want to encourage er- everyone who either is a hater because of those reasons or hasn't heard of them much to to give them a listen and individually as well Mm -hmm. which i think that's something that we're both gonna do is do more of the individual i will continue messing with you about it though as much as i do like them you can mess with me for all i'm gonna i'm gonna get so much hate after this episode all the all the boy genius fans are gonna come at me all the boy genius fans come at gerald in the comments and on our email so make sure you email gerald specifically for all these negative comments at educate.your.earbuds at gmail.com and then while you're at it make sure that you go follow us on our socials instagram we're educate.your.earbuds.pod threads for the same handle and on tiktok we're educate.your.earbuds what else do people need to do other than throw shade at you definitely like and review this episode if you enjoyed it share with your friends it really does help if you think we deserve it rate us five stars on apple music amazon music anywhere you can find podcasts because it helps us bring you these random eclectic episodes every week we, we enjoy talking about artists music concepts live music and just kind of spreading 
random music knowledge to anyone who wants to listen. Exactly. And, and that helps us. We're here all year. <laughs> uh, with that, thanks for listening. Bye, y'all.